<laughs> Look who it is, Ravishing Rohit Raju, the Desi Hitman, the Locust Skin Manimal, the future two-time X Division champion, and you are here with my homies at 8-Bit Suplex Podcast. So one of the best around. You better be listening, Nimrods. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the 8-Bit Suplex here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. I am your host with the most, and I'm talking about belly, uh, that is Josh McLaughlin, and I am joined here tonight, uh, filling in for, of course, our favorite co-host, Sandy Gaviria, who is unable to join us this week, but you heard him on the way into this episode, you'll hear him on the way out probably, uh, and you'll hear him all throughout. It's Mr. Rich Latta of One Nation Radio. Rich, how are you this fine Friday evening? Oh, I'm great, Josh. I'm happy to be here and uh, ready for a nice second appearance here on the 8-Bit Suplex. And uh, we're talking about a couple of things I like, Kenny Omega and Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And not to bury the lead, but those are those are two really hot topics right now, especially in the world of uh, wrestling, uh, wrestling adjacent, and, and of course, you know, video games as a whole. Um, so, uh, real quick, uh, you know, we talked uh, last week, uh, about you doing some rebellion review a little bit, maybe we thought we might do some rebellion preview, but of course we had Dan, the man coffin step into the, uh, do the preview. He's feeling a little under the weather today, so he's not doing the review, but that's okay. Cause we plan on having you anyways for this. Uh, you are probably the biggest Kenny Omega fan that I know, Rich, um, and <laughs> you probably have played more mortal Kombat than most of me, of me and my friends as well. So this is kind of. Uh, a happy blend of the two things Um, yeah man so i i'm you know super stoked to have you back i don't even remember what we talked about last time um it was fire pro we talked about fire pro wrestling there you go that that makes a lot of sense i've all you had to do was think about it so um but (laughs) sometimes i i don't think so well on friday nights uh so we'll see how it goes but yeah let's jump right into it and, and we'll talk about mortal kombat first of course, uh, on HBO Max, we had the new Mortal Kombat movie released. Uh, I was worried about it because the last Mortal Kombat feature film we saw was Mortal Kombat Annihilation. And that one which, was not a, a, a movie about nothing. Like, it really <laughs> to put it lightly. It really was. And, and you know, uh, we're both 90s kids. We grew up in the era where everybody was saying, oh, this is the hot new IP. Let's make a movie about it. We had a Super Mario Brothers movie that absolutely sucked. We had a Mortal Kombat movie that came out that was pretty damn good. Uh, if nothing else, it gave us the coolest soundtrack, uh, you know, theme yes. song for any movie at that time. Uh, I'm not someone that listens to electronic dance music, Rich. Uh, I don't know how much you listen to, but if it was the Mortal Kombat theme, I was definitely losing my shit over it. I want to say I had, uh, when I was a kid, you know, I used to do karate. Uh, I want to say I had a form routine that was based off of the t- set to the music of the Mortal Kombat shit. So, yeah. Like well, hopefully I was it heavy. wasn't set to the moves of Mortal Kombat, Rich. That would be nah, a little bit graphic for children to be doing karate to. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Uh, but yeah, I, I love the movie in 95. I used to have the illegal cable box, which is ironically around like how I started watching a lot of wrestling too. Sure. Like Starcade 95. So it was all, all around that same time. And I watched that movie over and over and over until I knew the lines. 
<laughs> and you know what's funny is that a lot of the lines in that movie uh you know some of them are catchphrases of course lifted from the game you know stuff like flawless victory or fatality um and actually what's funny i believe in the fight with goro johnny cage in the 95 movie says flawless victory um and it's completely falsely used because he gets the shit beat out of him for a good 10 minutes <laughs> Um, which, of course, if you've played Mortal Kombat once, you know that a flawless victory means that you've won without getting hit. Right. Um, it's used correctly in this movie. So I, I am happy to report that. Um, but, you know, we'll talk a, maybe a little bit light spoiler here. So, you know, skip ahead a couple minutes if you don't want to hear anything about the movie um, from this year that just came out. We, you know, uh, just we won't go too spoiler heavy, but uh, just overall thoughts on the new movie, Rich. Um, I liked it. You know, I'm a big fan of the series. I'm a big fan of uh, the, uh, the timeline. I recently started playing back Mortal Kombat last year and spent dozens of hours on YouTube putting the whole story back together uh, so I can be ready for this game that I, that I had purchased and went all the way through this. And, um, and I know the movie's not necessarily based on this timeline the movie is kind of its own timeline from what i'm reading on it um i liked it because it was it's the start of something new it's an right. opening chapter uh i know everyone wanted every single person in there they wanted the tournament they wanted you know to, them to basically blow it all off but how i saw this thing was oh my god they're gonna try to make their own marvel like type right. series to where like there's like dozens of movies and then there's characters coming along and uh, if you know anything about Mortal Kombat, you know no one dies. Everyone always comes back. Um, they just get bounced to another realm or something. Like it's, uh, right. it's I think it's really cool. Like um, you know, if you guys have never seen uh, like the actual story, because you know a lot of people just played the games in the '90s and then just kind of fell off or whatever. And you know that's cool, but um, it's really interesting. I've seen you know videos as short as seven minutes explaining the entire timeline. So do yourself favor and check that out like if you're like into the Mortal Kombat backstory I'm not a person that's really into even like superhero movies uh, like that but Mortal Kombat's always you know done it for me yeah I think you make a, a an apt point there to kind of combine they compare the Mortal Kombat fandom and and superhero fandom kind of loosely and that's not just because of the Mortal Kombat versus DC fighting game which uh, there's mixed reviews and mixed thoughts about you know, Batman mixing it up with Shao Kahn, but you know, uh, it's, it's no more ridiculous than him fighting Superman guys. It really is. Right. Um, but yeah, people expect, Oh my God, we have to have every single mortal Kombat character in this movie. And it's like, well, no, I, I mean, in the same way, you can't have every single superhero show up in the first Avengers movie. You got to build up to kind of what you're working at. And before the movie even came out, Warner brothers came out and said, Hey, if this first one does, okay, we're ready to do four. So, right. you know, we'll see how it goes. Apparently, the, the reaction to this first one has gone well. It went number one at the box office uh, with $22.5 million, which is such an astronomically low number to be number one at the box office. But it's also, <laughs> like, the highest opening weekend box office in, like, a year, right? Uh, other than, I believe, Tenet might have done more than that, uh, of course, yeah. which is the big, you know, Christopher Nolan, masturbatory experience. But... I like the fighting. I thought you it was know, so by good. The time, so good. The, by the time like the uh, peak of the movie, I'll just say comes like I was like pumping my fist in the air, like when uh, you know my man comes back. So I, I'll, yeah. I'll just leave it at that for those that want to see it. But um, yeah, I you know there I 
there are a couple things in the movie I can just say, I can you know say hey that doesn't quite line up like but I'm such a mark for Mortal Kombat it just kind of you know went over my head so I, I'm all in yeah no I am too and for me Rich it's like you said it started way back in the 90s and and so I did play the original Mortal Kombat when it released uh two home consoles on Sega Genesis uh, mm-hmm. I was not allowed to play it I was not allowed to own it this was buddy uh, across the street had it and I would go to his house and then it was one of the first things that my brother ever trusted me with. My brother's four years older. He said, listen, we're going to go to Tommy's. He has mortal Kombat, And I swear <laughs> to God, if you tell mom, I will beat the crap out of you for the next three weeks. That's hilarious. My mother still doesn't know I played mortal Kombat at Tommy's. So it's okay. She yeah, doesn't man. listen to this podcast had, either. She doesn't know what podcast I had it on Sega. I had Mortal Kombat 2 and my older sister used to play with me. Like it wasn't banned at all, all like, you know, my my house, but I just got the living shit kicked out of me forever by my older sister who just <laughs> beat me mercilessly in Mortal Kombat and I, I still remember the code to this day, the uh, test codes. Sure. Like back down back, forward down forward, back back forward forward. Like why I remember that 25 years later, I have no idea, but yeah, it, I spent a lot of time uh, on Mortal Kombat. Well, and you know what's funny is it, it, it's a game that originally comes out in 1992. It's jumping into a realm of, of games, um, not, to, not to use the word realm like we're talking about Mortal Kombat, but it, it jumps into a genre of games that is dominated predominantly by Eastern and Japanese style fighting games where you have Street Fighter really taking off here, Super Street Fighter 2 and, and, and the like. And those games are fast, they're fluid, they're super high pace, um, but, you know, they kind of lack the realism. There's no blood. There's no, and I wouldn't necessarily call Mortal Kombat realistic because, of course, there is fireballs and, you know, forearms, dragons, and, and, you know, things like that. But, you know, there's blood, there's there's decapitation, there's uh, the fatalities. I mean, I remember, I'll never forget the first time I played on the pit level and, you know, you get the opportunity to finish him. And you throw that uppercut and they drop down to the spike below. That absolutely blew my mind at, you know, four or five years old. So, uh, which, you know, I, as someone who has a four-year-old and a five-year-old now, I cannot imagine them experiencing that <laughs> because it just doesn't, it doesn't line up with what they do right. at all. Right. You know? I feel like, yeah, we were so much like older, like as kids than these kids are now. It's weird. It really is. It really, and I know every generation goes through that period, but for me, it's kind of like, Okay, when I was five, I was playing Mortal Kombat, and yeah, my kid's not doing that. <laughs> you know? That was funny. So, but yeah, no, it was it was really good, and uh, you know, for me, like anytime I pick up Mortal Kombat, um, I have to go with one of the uh, kind of you know uh, different uh, different color uh, themed ninjas. So for me, like Sub Zero was the first guy that I always played as. Uh, you know, eventually I'd get pretty good at, at uh, Scorpion and. But the other ones that came after that never really interested me that much. Uh, Shadow was okay. Uh, I got used kind of him. But who's who's the guy you got to pick up the sticks right now, Rich? Win a match. Who's the guy you're going with? Guy or gal, I should say. Probably Sub-Zero or Liu Kang or Kotal Kahn. Okay. Kotal Kahn's a new guy, newer guy. Sure. So he came out in the games about 10 years ago. But uh, he's kind of like a – imagine if Shao Kahn was good and, <laughs> and kind of like an Aztec warrior. Uh, Kotal Khan's got a got a sick move set. 
but uh, out of the traditional characters, I'm definitely probably going Sub-Zero. Um, I know a lot of people were like, oh, why not Scorpion? I'm like, oh, to get over here is cool, but you know, for if you want to win, you want to freeze somebody so you can they can't hit you, exactly. they can't do shit to you. Exactly. So, uh, Sub Zero has always been. Even when I started playing the, uh, the the newest one, the guy started kind of figuring it out with the quickest was Sub Zero and also Katana. Sure, sure, yeah. I mean, it, for me too. Like, I, I would sometimes I, I would play as Sonya Blade. Um, I I thought she had a pretty good move set. Um, but yeah, I mean, just it, it's such a fun game series um i i don't know that i i I don't know that i've played enough of the entries to definitively give like a favorite one um but if you had to choose one moral combat game rich what's the one that you're going to go with i'm going to go with the newest one honestly uh moral combat 11 and that's just because of like the fighting so great they have so many levels so many characters they have all the old characters uh brought back reskinned like from their original stuff and just everyone's in it so like sure. and it's all arrows so um you know they're, they're out of the old old games i'll probably say number four maybe okay. no 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 two not two two uh, i was I gonna say that, i think yeah, two's two is probably of the early ones two is the one that's most beloved um yeah but you know we'd be remiss to talk about mortal kombat rich and not talk about the fact that uh mortal kombat is really the reason why we have the esrb rating system um period uh we have you know people like joe lieberman uh you know who could forget joe uh lieberman Uh, (laughs) and we have tipper gore uh tipper of course was very uh involved in the uh parental advisory stickers on cds and and things of the like uh which you know uh, she was unaware that that just made us want to buy them more um right (laughs) you know it's kind of like oh this is a rap CD, but it's not parental advisory. Like, what is that? Like, you know, so, but uh, yeah, no. So the ESRB, if you're not familiar with it, of course, is the entertainment software rating board. That's where you get your E for everyone, your T for teen, your M for mature. And um, this is also about the same time period, a little bit right after where they come up with the PG 13 rating for movies. uh, Because for those that aren't aware, it used to go PG right to R. And so that, that there's a, a gap in between that, there was a lot of PG movies that had the F word in it, and there's a lot of PG <laughs> uh, boobs in it because they couldn't figure out how to how to cross that threshold exactly into R. Um, That's very funny. Yeah, yeah. So I think like you know, like Howard the Duck, for instance, is a famous example of uh, there was uh, breast, uh, albeit duck breasts, um, but there is uh, of course nipples on the duck. Not to get sidetracked by that, um, but yeah. So you know, Mortal Kombat is hyper violent there's issues where midway wants to put it uh on super nintendo nintendo says no not unless you move the blood remove the blood so you know you had to you know there's the blood codes and different things like that to add it back in because you know mortal Kombat, of course you know they kind of you know midway kind of leaked what those codes would be so that you could get blood on your super nintendo uh, around the right. back so there's all kinds of you know kind of different things um i'm i'm really young at this time period you and i are about the same age uh, but I'm sure you remember some of that kind of, you know, even the lingering, you know, even towards like 95, 96, as Mortal Kombat continues and the Mortal Kombat movie comes out, there's a lot of rehashing of this conversation about whether or not kids should be playing Mortal Kombat. 
so i luckily like i didn't really like i i heard about that stuff later on like my i was kind of shielded by the fact i had an older sister sure and my mom just was like hey you can, I, she's watching let me watch wrestling you know let me watch uh pretty much whatever all the adult movies it was just like hey what you know you figure it out like so <laughs> <laughs> like that's kind of how the how it seemed at least i got but, you. um yeah your mom yeah, wasn't like, worried about the pg-13 rating is what you're saying right like yeah. in the, the video games like it i got lucky like i kind of missed all that <laughs> that's funny that's funny well yeah i mean like i said mortal kombat awesome game series check out the new movie on hbo max if you are vaccinated or you feel like you can go in uh, socially distance enough it is playing in theaters uh, like i said it did to 22 and a half million open weekend uh which is pretty awesome um consider all things considered and uh, we're going to talk about something now rich that also did pretty awesome as far as numbers is concerned and that is the impact wrestling pay-per-view rebellion uh, rebellion was, you know, I, it's not normally their big shows, right? It's not Slammiversary. Um, and even hard to kill has been pretty big for them. So, but with rebellion, of course, we have the looming main events, which we will discuss, uh, primarily in the fallout of that, uh, later on of Kenny Omega bringing the AEW uh, world title on the line against impact wrestling world title holder, Rich Swan and the impact world title with a winner take all uh, match. But uh, you know, up and down the card, Rich, this was a pretty solid card for them. Uh, we have uh, by my count, eight matches, pretty good. There was one match that kind of stood out as weaker. Um, and we'll touch on that towards the end. Um, but overall, I thought it was a pretty good showing by Impact Wrestling, Rich. Yeah, um, I actually caught the last three matches pay-per-view, and it was um, all the title matches uh, as well with uh, the Taylor Wilde run-in. But um, for me, this was like the, the main event felt really big going into it. Um, that day earlier, there was legitimate buzz all over Twitter. Um, like there was a big match coming tonight and you can attribute that to Omega and Swan and the fantastic work they did um, in the build, including that press conference, which was go out of your way to see television. And by the time the day rolled around, it was like, man, one of these dudes is going to have all the gold. And, uh, you know, I think Impact's done a great job kind of repairing their reputation, you know, amongst the wrestling world and, you know, putting Kenny Omega on the show, like, it just has done nothing but explode business. Um, you know, I'm hearing like, uh, you know, numbers like nine times as many uh, pay-per-view buys as the last show that didn't have Kenny Omega on it, which would have been bound for glory. Right. Um, stuff like that. So it's like, you know, all, all these guys are doing is, is increasing business and having great matches, which is like, that's the, the combo for, you know, good things to happen. Yeah, that's the whole game, isn't it? I mean, get, get more eyes on your product, and then when the eyes are on your product, you deliver. Um, and I will say there is uh, two actually title matches before you tuned in, Rich. Uh, the lead off of the show was the X Division title match uh, between three really strong wrestlers. Match goes 11 minutes or so, uh, and that's uh, the uh, defending champion at the time, Ace Austin of the X Division, uh, taking on Josh Alexander and uh, he who should not be named the uh, Filipino wrestler whose social media accounts are all straight trash. 
I don't think I need to mention his name uh, this week because it's just been next level awful and he didn't win. So, you know, you can stay nameless, sir. Um, but yes, all three guys came out, put on an absolute clinic. Um, if this is one you missed, and I know you missed this one, Rich, it's definitely worth going back and watching. Like I said, it's not a huge, huge amount of your time to go back and see it. Uh, definitely go check it out. Josh Alexander walks away as your new X division champion. Uh, well-deserved. And, uh, you know, I think uh, Dan had, had penciled him in as the winner uh, simply because he wears headgear because Dan is a sucker for headgear. And I can't say that I blame him, Rich. Yeah, um, Josh Alexander getting the impact belt, I, the X belt. Um, I think it's kind of something to throw him to make sure he doesn't get lost uh, without Ethan Page. They did just break up a tag team. His right. partner left the company. And I think this is a good way to help him stand out and, you know, move forward. Maybe he can, uh, you know, build this up and then, you know, maybe do an option C or something. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we're going to move on uh, to the next match, Violent by Design. Uh, which is, of course, the uh, stable led by Eric Young. He did not participate in this match because he did blow out his ACL. Uh, so we have the team of Diener, Joe Doring, and Rhino, uh, who are all a part of Violent by Design. Uh, and then the surprise return of W. Morrissey. Now, if you weren't paying attention, you'll say, Josh, who the hell is W. Morrissey? And I'll say, you remember that guy, Big Cass? It's about... 80% of him because W Morrissey looks like a million dollars rich. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm really actually impressed uh, with him and it, and it really hasn't been much. There's like a psycho city and uh, Kevin Nashian quality about uh, Cass or W Morrissey. Um, I should say <laughs> it's very, it's, uh, listen, I'm going to make that mistake later in the show. Don't worry about it, rich. I, I, I'm going to call him big Cass at least nine times tonight. Yeah, man. Like you, you start seeing him, you know, uh, around his roster and he looks huge. He's in better shape than he's been. He's wrestling in the jeans and the Timberlands and kind of got like a like an aggressive vibe. He's using the power bomb as a finish. Uh, he's keeping his promos sh- short and sweet. And he looks like a guy. It's like, shit, you want to build around him. Like if this was the 90s, like he would oh, be yeah. on top. Like Rich, and, if this was 1997, he would be like the biggest. Oh, my God. World. Yeah. Really like would. so. And we all know the, the trials and tribulations he's, you know, kind of been through, like, in his personal life and, yeah. uh, you know, with Enzo. And then, you know, he's he's had a long struggle as far as just getting booked in the business again because it's just been tough for the guy. So, yeah. uh, Impact, you know, we made a joke, Impact's like last chance you. Uh, yeah. If you can't, you know, it, it, I think it's a perfect place for him to, to start rebuilding himself. And maybe, you know, just keep moving up the ladder and doing his thing. Maybe either A, he can um, become kind of a centerpiece here, or I'm sure he has his goal, his eyes on getting back to WWE at some point. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of what he does. And, and like you said, he has, um, he's building himself back up. He's been very open about his struggles with depression, um, which I say, hey, man, good on you. Get your help. Um, and then he's also, you know, being, being someone that is in the wrestling industry, uh, in a very, you know, very macho man kind of world, uh, not, not to mention, you know, macho man, Randy Savage. Um, but just to be in that kind of like, you know, <coughs> like you gotta be a real man kind of sport, um, to say, Hey, I need help. Like, I, I think that takes a lot of guts, uh, and I absolutely commend him for it. Uh, he did pick up uh, the pin in this eight-man tag match, which had him and Violent by Design against 
Chris Saban, Eddie Edwards, James Storm, and Willie Mack. Uh, I mean, kind of like, you know, the, the gatekeepers of impact wrestling, if you want to look at it that way. Um, he winds up hitting Willie Mack uh, with that big old bomb and uh, gets them uh, after a, a really good 10 minute match here, Rich. I was actually pretty impressed with this one. Uh, it was pretty good. Um, and then it led us into a match that was a match between Brian Myers and Matt Cardona. Um, this one went entirely too long in part because it looked like, and, and I, I don't know that we've gotten confirmation officially, unofficially what happened, but it looks like Matt Cardona hits his knee. Ref throws up an X at one point. The cameras cut away from the ref throwing the X. Myers, you know, whispers something to somebody. He picks up Cardona, hits him with a couple two of his uh, big lariats, um, and then gets the win, and, and we're out of there on that one. Uh, nothing fake, fake X angles, like, typically suck. <laughs> yeah, and, it, and, and it, I'm hoping that it's not a fake X, and, I, and I'm hoping that he actually was legitimately hurt because when you see referees throw off the X, that, that should still mean something, in my opinion. Um because look, work like me, to, but like be, but right. do it. Like if you're gonna do a fake X, like make sure like that shit is like, you know, you gotta make, be doing right. like an angle of the year, right? And, or or make sure make it so that the the character is like turning heel, gets the referee to throw up the X, and then it reveals himself to be fine right away. Right, you know, right. Let's do something like that. Don't don't do what happened here if this was a fake X, and 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 we really don't know because at the day that this aired the day that this pay-per-view came out uh they were doing tapings uh for this week's show uh, mm -hmm. that aired so i don't know if they did the taping for this week's impact before he got her i, I don't really know what that that timeline kind of looks like um because he looks fine uh when he wrestles in this week's impact against brian myers um but we'll see kind of how it goes uh that match ends we get to the knockouts tag team title match between Jordan Grace and her partner, Rachel Ellering, uh, who was revealed to be her mystery partner that she was uh, bringing in uh, last week. Um, and they take the belts off of Fire and Flava, Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles. Um, Rachel Ellering, Rich, is someone that we got to see uh, on the loop a few times uh, down here in the, in the Tampa area. Um, you know, I saw her at, at Mayhem Classic 2. Um, she's someone that I've always thought could do good work. She just, uh, for whatever reason, hasn't gotten to uh, take off much uh, in the same way that her dad did back in the day. Um, but I think, she, I think she does a pretty good job, Rich. I think, uh, like you mentioned, like she's had some injury bad luck. Yeah. I think she's had some stuff politically that's kind of held her back. And she's had, you know, um like conditioning issues from what i've gathered and you know if she can just like figure that out like there's another great spot for somebody to rebuild here yeah uh, putting put her with jordan grace jordan grace of course has tons of credibility and impact she's been there a couple of years she was the i think she may have been the x division champion or she challenged for it uh, uh she she thought she won it but it was a trick by rohit raju because he never officially put it up Friend of the show, uh, of course, Rohit Raju, uh, who has an open door to come back anytime he wants to. Um, but yeah. yes, I, she did. She yeah. did uh, wrestle Rohit and win. It just wound up not being for the uh, exhibition title. Right, and this is a good place to start. It impacts a company. You can belt somebody up right away to just get them off running. It's not like it's a uh, 
like it's WWE and it's like they put the title on you and it's like the kiss of death and there's right. nothing else to do with you and you know you know with with Impact they've always shown a level of respect for their uh, women's division so uh, Grayson Ellering bring it on sad to see Fire and Flavor lose though because I enjoy them yeah you know I, I I'm sad to see it too I am happy to announce though uh, that they do have a rematch at Under Siege uh, so you know we'll we'll see him get another chance. This isn't the uh, preview show for Under Siege, Rich, but uh, I don't think it looks good for them. A uh, <laughs> whole, whole lot of power behind Jordan Grace and Rachel Allering, that's for sure. Uh, the last match before you tuned in, Rich, was the last man standing match between Trey Miguel uh, and Sammy Callahan. This one goes 15 minutes, a little long in the teeth, but you know you always get that with last man standing matches. Um, Trey took some really nasty bumps uh, from the sadistic mind of Sammy Callahan. Uh, but uh, Trey, you know, he's someone that, you know, you kind of wonder why he's still an impact after the rest of his uh, trio went off to become tag team champions in NXT. Uh, but what? he seems to be doing OK, though, Rich. Yeah, um, I always hear his name um, and that he has has some talent. He's a pretty good high flyer. And, you know, it's a case of like guy being away from the group sink or swim time like either yep. a is gonna be like man like you see what those guys are doing on, on you know in nxc like they're winning belts and uh starting to get over a little bit what you gonna do and <laughs> uh you know it's always good when you get a uh, pay-per-view match to prove yourself in yeah no i, I agree 100 and getting a win over sammy callahan uh you know that's a good way to do it he did a cutter to sammy uh to a table from the apron to the floor um, so the next match on the card, uh, of course, we talked about, you know, Impact is the first uh, of the companies to really uh, throw open that forbidden door, of course, by bringing in Finn Juice, uh, who are their tag team champions right now. Uh, they had a pretty decent match here with the Good Brothers. Uh, Dan and I uh, last week uh, had hopes that we would limit the amount of Doc Gallows that we would see. Uh, it wound <laughs> up being a pretty Doc Gallows heavy match, Rich, uh, but I was actually pretty okay with it. I thought this was a pretty good match. Uh, Finn Juice uh, steals one and kind of uh, walks away. And uh, I'm interested in your thoughts on this, Rich, because uh, Dan and I had, had in the predictions of this had kind of wondered if maybe the uh, Japanese lockdown uh, due, to, due to the recent strains of COVID, if that would play into them not dropping the belts just yet. I think that's a great point that you guys made. And based on the timing, like the belts seemed like they were up in the air on the day of the show. Uh, I could go either way. Um, I think as long as they have um, this ability to work uh, with New Japan, take advantage of it. And uh, also, like, you don't need to necessarily tie the belts up with the Good Brothers if they're going to be with Kenny as well. Right. You know, because, like, then it's kind of like, man, you can't, like, they're going to be beating everybody. So, and, and it's just too much tied up in that top angle. And I think it's smart to keep the belts elsewhere now you can get another team in the mix good brothers is still like their main event in the next show they didn't need the belts um they wouldn't be defending them they're in a six man so uh i think this is good booking here and the match was like you know match was cool it was like probably three and a quarter or something yeah it wasn't anything that's gonna you know knock the doors down or anything like that but it was a serviceable title match um which might be rich a tick above what i could say about this next one Knockouts title match uh, with the reigning Deanna Perrazzo, of course, accompanied as always to the ring by Kimberly and Susan. 
uh, versus Tennille Dashwood. You may know her as Emma if you haven't been paying attention to Impact Wrestling. And she is, of course, accompanied to the ring by Caleb with a K. Um, you know, there's there's only so many spots I think that these two women could have gotten to, Rich. Um, and I, I don't know that they – I think they kind of overstayed their welcome a little bit. They missed the finish a couple times. Uh, if you ask me, this goes nine and a half minutes. Uh, you could have told me it was 19 and a half minutes, Rich, and I would have believed it. Um, <laughs> it, it, it felt really long. I, I don't know about you, but it, to me it felt pretty long. Oh, it's been a long time since Paige versus Emma. Let's just yes. say that. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, it's – Impact's kind of running well, out of people here, though, for Deanna to challenge – or to challenge Deanna, uh, a point that's made on this week's Impact. Um, I, and I thought that, that you know, Tennille would at least show us a little bit of what she used to run out with with Emma um, – and then, you know, it makes me ask, okay, you know, is it more that Paige was just being Paige, uh, you know, probably, um, more than Deanna can carry to Neil, at least at this point in her career. Uh, but, you know, it, it wasn't bad. I, I wouldn't, like, you know, dud it out or anything like that. But um, it, I could have I could have seen more from it. Yeah, same. So, uh, post-match, Susan and... Kimberly, of course, decided that they're going to pile on and start beating up Tennille. And who but, of course, the wild child, Taylor Wilde. A surprise nobody had coming, Rich, because she hasn't wrestled in Impact in 10 years. Does a post-match run-in where she saves Tennille and basically challenges Deanna for the knockouts title. Yeah, man. Um, in, the, in the quick part, I, you know, I, I didn't watch Impact back in the day when she was here, but in the quick, you know, running she did, she looks like she was more than capable in the ring. She had good snap and uh, great athleticism. And yeah, uh, hell, bring her on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, hey, it's going to be someone they bring back, I, I think, at some point to take the title off of Deanna. Uh, I don't see anyone in that locker room right now taking it off of her. It just. Uh-huh. You know, I, I just don't see it. But um, anywho, that wraps up uh, the pre-show, so to speak. Uh, not to take anything away from everyone that, that wrestled hard on the pay-per-view. Uh, but what people tuned in for, Rich, was to see Kenny Omega take on Rich Swan for the winner-takes-all main event. This match goes 23 minutes, one second. And, uh, man, you know what? I used to watch Rich Swan in 205 Live uh, weekly. I, I tune in. I used to, to watch uh, 205 weekly. Um, and I'd see guys like Rich Swan and I'd see guys, you know, like Mustafa Ali and Cedric Alexander go out and have really good cruiserweight matches, which I love. I really enjoy cruiserweight matches. I know you're a fan of the flips as well, Rich. So for me, I was always Rich like, Swan, okay, hey. Rich Swan is a, is a high quality cruiserweight wrestler. After watching this match, you could put this man in title matches, Rich, and he'll deliver a good match. I thought Kenny was excellent, as always. I thought Rich stepped up to the plate and delivered. Uh, This was a fantastic win for Kenny Omega. Um, You know, I'm not a big star ratings guy. I don't have a good baseline to go off of, Rich. Uh, You know, I in our chat said five stars. I don't know that this is a five-star match, 
I, I don't know what constitutes a five-star versus a four-star, but uh, you know what? This was a damn good title match, Rich. Yeah, man. Um, I would, it, since we're on the top of the stars, I, I would have went like four and a half on it myself, uh, like right in the middle of that. Um, sure. But can he beat the, the shit out of Rich Swan? Just like, he just kicked his ass. Like, <laughs> yeah, he did. And I, don't know, I don't know if Rich Swan <laughs> was tired at the end, but it all kind of worked for me. Uh, either way, I thought they had two flubs on the top rope. Um, but, you know, some sometimes, like, with those, it's like some uh, a mess up like that will add to the match because, you know, the danger or something like that. I don't right. know if that was necessarily the case here. Um, but I like how they tricked you into thinking that there was going to be, like, absolute fuckery going down. We had That's right. millions of people around that. the ring. Yeah. We had Aubrey showing up, flying in, but she's calling it right down the middle because they don't ever mess with Aubrey's credibility ever. So no. that should have been a dead yeah. giveaway too, that nothing was going to happen. Um, and for the most part, this was a clean match. And I appreciate them for it because people were not tuning in for that bullshit. Uh, they guaranteed a winner and they gave you one. And I can't think of a better guy. Like if you're, if you're talking about impact and we had a lot of people the past couple of weeks asking about, you know, I don't know if this is a good faith or not, but they're like, what does impact get out of this, you know, and all this stuff. And it's like, well, you guys heard the numbers that we talked about earlier in the show. And then there's also something I always, I like to term like the social hierarchy and also just competing for the timeline. Impact was trending over the Oscars uh, or right <laughs> along with it, like You're first right. or second it's, on I... Twitter all night. And yes. it's like, what do you mean? Like, people are tuning in and watching this, whether it's legally or illegally. And it's right. like a lot of people bought it legally. legally. Yeah. So um, this, is a, this is a feather in the cap of Kenny Omega, a feather in the cap of Rich Swan, like of being, you know, like you, you kind of like got to look at it like this with, with Swan. Like he was, for me, he was like fighting for his legitimacy, I think. Yeah. Uh, and, th and this goes even before the match, like in a press conference, it was like he was just trying to hold on while just Kenny Omega just peaks as a character. And Rich Swan, like I said on One Nation Radio, had like this every man kind of quality about him. Like, man, you just want to see him shut this guy up. And, it, you know, he lost this time, but I think a lot of people are going to remember like this program for him. And he's going to always have this in the back, in his back pocket, be like, hey, you know, I was able to, you know, it takes two people to go in there, you know, yeah. to, to draw and also to, uh, put a compelling match together and what these guys did was it, it, it was like you know we were passing the photos around that was that were pretty funny like the rick flair and um rick martell uh nwa awa champion photos and harley race and bob backland and all this stuff and it's like you know maybe it's not as you know big as that but these are our guys that are doing that so i'm right. gonna i'm gonna be happy for them you know so i i think this is good business all around and you know we'll see how it goes and i i'm ready to enjoy the ride you know and i loved all the pictures that came out in the back i had a great time on twitter after you know just being the oh uh, sure Kenny Omega fan i am but um i think yeah a, th this is awesome yeah i think above being a, a Kenny Omega fan you're also a, a genuine fan of professional wrestling rich and for professional wrestling this was a win I, I, for the industry as a whole like you said the, the trend along with the oscars like, are you kidding me? The Oscars, like the biggest event in movies of the year, and Kenny Omega and Rich Swan have it trending next to it. That's that doesn't happen, you know. I, WWE doesn't do that. 
they, you know, I, I don't know that AEW is trended above or with a big, you know, thing. Obviously, the Oscars did have a down year as it comes to viewership, but still, professional wrestling trending with the Oscars, very, very important. Uh, and one more thing before we wrap up talking about Rebellion, Rich, how good was it to hear the voice of Marl Ranallo? Oh, man, he made it feel like really big. And apparently, this, like, you know, this match like did a lot for him personally. Like this, this made him like kind of feel like he was, uh, you know, inspired again. So uh, it was good to hear more Ronaldo. I don't think he went too nuts with the, um, with the references. I know they can get on some people's nerves, but um, uh, it was good to hear Moral. Uh, you know, I'm not going to talk about his hair or nothing, but no, um, we'll leave that one. <laughs> Thankfully, this is an audio. This is an audio medium, so we don't have to show any pictures or anything. So, uh, but yeah, if you uh, if you miss Morrow's hair, uh, you can check it out if you want to. Uh, but you know, I, I for me, if you hear Morrow Ronaldo call a match, Rich, it feels important, and and that's a lot of because of what he did with Takeover, right? I mean, I, all those yeah. big NXT matches that he's called you know, screaming at the top of his lungs when things happen and really just getting into it. It When you have a guy like Morrow, no offense to Matt Stryker, D'Lo Brown, when you have Morrow call that match, it makes it feel very legitimate um, in a way that I don't know that anyone else in professional wrestling can. Not today. Right, right. But that was, totally with you. that was Rebellion. Really fun pay-per-view. I enjoyed the card top to bottom. Uh, best best pay-per-view that I've watched as a part of this podcast, uh, hands down. Um, and, and I'm looking forward very much to Under Siege, which we're going to talk. I'm going to just do a quick um, synopsis for this week's episode, just because we had so much to talk about with Rebellion and Mortal Kombat. A brief synopsis here of what happened on this week's show. Um, and we'll talk about a couple of things that were announced. Um, a new uh appearance coming next week um to impact wrestling keeping that forbidden door open uh and then just a quick preview of what we have so far for the under siege impact plus special event uh so the episode uh kicks off with the impact locker room uh coming over to scott demore's office um they're angry they want to know what's going to be happen about it they're teasing a Kenny Omega in-ring celebration this whole time. Uh, Scott talks to Don Callis, who says, oh, yeah, Kenny's super excited. I'm sending him the Zoom link now. Scott informs Don that it's actually in Kenny's contract that he has to show up in person or he will have the Impact World title stripped from him uh, because it's in his contract that he has to show up in person to do the championship celebration. Um, and if he doesn't, he loses the Impact World Championship and per the agreement with Tony Khan, Kenny would be suspended indefinitely from Impact and AEW. I thought that was a nice little wrinkle to the story. Um, then, of course, after that, uh, it kicks into the intro uh, sequence there for the show. I don't normally talk about how the show entrance looks, um, but it does now already, uh, just from the weekend, include Taylor Wilde and W. Morrissey in the intro and then that's about as quick as the uh, social as, media team. They are the when, fastest when they, in the business. <laughs> when they see two wrestlers, they used to wrestle for impact somewhere oh, else. Yeah. Do yourselves, Do yourselves a favor. Every, every Wednesday night when you're watching dynamite, have, have your phone open on impact wrestling Twitter, because it goes nuts. Yeah. 
Um, yep. But yeah, so they they already added Taylor Wilde and W. Morrissey into the intro video. Um, and of course, the intro video fades away with Kenny Omega in the center of the ring, holding the AEW title belt, as well as the Impact World Championship. So pretty cool little wrinkles there and the change to the intro. Scott Demore then addresses the locker room out in the ring. Uh, he says, hey, this is a special occasion. Rich Swan understood it. Kenny Omega understood it. Rich Swan does not have a rematch clause for this match because it was a winner take all. There's no way to do the kind of, you know, oh, I'm just challenging for my impact one that I lost because he technically lost all three. So because of that, there's a six man number one contender match specifically for the impact world championship match that will happen at under siege. There's going to be a sequence of one-on-one matches to determine that the first match, uh, while every, the entire locker room saw at the ring is announced by Scott Demore. It is Jake versus Chris Bay who makes a return after a few weeks away. And Chris Bay gets a win after a Rohit Raju friend of the show, uh, interfering by grabbing onto Jake's leg. Chris Bay takes advantage of it, hits him from behind does a legs on the rope pin and Chris Bay moves on into the six man contender match. Uh, we had some chatter backstage between Don Callis and Sammy Callahan. Pretty good stuff there. Uh, Taylor Wilds backstage talks about first time back in 10 years. Tennille says, Hey, let's be a tag team. Let's go after the tag team titles. And Taylor tells her about 10 times. No, uh, and Tennille is uh, still left hopeful that she will have her as a partner at some point because Tennille and Caleb with the K are the purest form of narcissism in impact wrestling. After that, we get the aforementioned W Morrissey. I think you saw clips of this match, uh, Rich. Yes. Awesome. It was a absolute 90 second squash match between W Morrissey and Sam Beal, uh, whom I have never seen before, Rich. I don't know if you've ever seen Sam Beal. Um, so I might not see him again after what happens. I think W. Morrissey with the jackknife powerbomb put him through the ring, Rich. Yeah. And W. Morrison with the W. Yep, exactly. Uh, the, the W and W. Morrissey stands for win, Rich. Right. Um, so <laughs> moving on from there, uh, we get a preview of the match uh, that's happening later in the card, which is, of course, Kimberly taking on Taylor Wilde for Taylor Wilde's first match back. Um I, this is the first time I'm going to mention it. I'm probably going to mention it again. Uh, not good ring gear for Kimberly this week. Um, it's. I'm going to move on. So Deanna decides that she is not going to go ringside to support Kimberly. Sends her out with just Susan. Uh, she's, she's just going to watch. And then she said, you know, the uh, backstage reporter says to her, um, hey, you know, any reason why you don't want to be out there to see Taylor Wilde return? And she goes, why would I be afraid of her? I've beaten every knockout on this roster. Of course, we know in wrestling, Rich, when someone says, I've beaten everybody, someone always shows up. Shows up. (laughs) Always. (laughs) So, of course, the big stare down with the big Jessica Havoc, um, which I don't believe Deanna has had an impact uh, knockout championship match against her yet. Uh, But she is actually running out of options. with with the the uh, Taylor Wilde match uh, notwithstanding, then uh, we see Willie Mack. He challenges W Morrissey to a match at Under Siege. Uh, That's that interesting. It's going to be a very interesting match because Willie Mack, though he's bigger, he's a little bit more athletic, uh, not afraid to bust out the flips. Uh, but 
W. Morrissey, they seem to be building him up. I don't know that he's signed a contract rich with impact, um, but he's in the package uh, at the front of the show. Shit, if I'm impact, I'm getting him <clears throat> on paper. I'm like we're, yes. we're going to, we're going to get you for a year at least. Yeah. Just, Hey, rehab here. Last chance you it. Um, and then also, I mean, he looks like uh, right now a younger, more fit um, Joe Doran. Edge. Oh, I thought I was going to say. Edge. I know, he's, uh, he's got the edge. He's got the edge hair and, and beard <clears throat> kind of combo going on. So you got that there. He's a, a bit taller than edge, I think. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think that W Morrissey is seven feet tall as he used to book himself. <laughs> um, but he is a bit taller than, than uh, Adam Copeland uh, also known as edge, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. We'll get into that more with the Under Siege preview show, but I think that's when you circle on the the big men uh, smack and meat uh, Big E special uh, for that card, uh, certainly. Uh, next match on the night, Taylor Wilde takes on Kimberly. Uh, as you can see in my, my notes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this man shared his notes with me, right? So this is the second time in the notes. This man said, at first, is Kimberly not good ring gear, and then like for emphasis the next time, Kimberly has really awful ring gear. I I think I need to speak this out. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll send you a picture later, Rich. It is uh not flattering, but uh I'll, even worse though is that this match, it felt like it was Kimberly's first time wrestling in ten uh, years, not Taylor Wilde's. Uh, Kimberly was was kind of she didn't hit her moves the same way she did. Her kicks didn't strike the way she used to. Um, I mean, I've seen I've seen her front row, front and center on the loop uh, back when she was at the NXT. Uh, she was, I forget what her name was when she was in WWE. Uh, Abby Lath, I think, is what she was. Abby Lath. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's she's she's a different wrestler now than then. She's doing more character work, and the character work is totally fine. Um, I just didn't like the ring gear, uh, as my notes alluded to, and how, as I've mentioned now three times. Um, but it, it was a six-minute match, and I was clock-checking like the whole time because it just felt like it just needed to end. Um, and eventually, and eventually, it did. Kimberly gets uh, gets the loss here. Uh, Taylor Wilde gets her with a, kind of an Indian Deathlock uh, type submission, and then Susan starts to beat down Taylor Wilde before. The save by Tennille Dashwood acting out of someone else's interest for the first time ever. Uh, because, I mean, the, the woman's music is, starts off by saying it's all about me. Um, so, uh, which, of course, is the same character, I believe, that she ran with with Emma. It's still all about her. Uh, but in this case, it was about Taylor Wilde and trying to uh, get that tag team rolling rich. That's what they're aiming for. At least Tennille is. I still don't think Taylor's going to bite. But <laughs> So uh, we get a backstage segment next with Scott Demore uh, talking. He gets interrupted uh, in this conversation by Moose. James Storm then interrupts that conversation. Uh, and it leads to them finding out that they have a match for the six-man uh, number one contender match. So the winner of James Storm and Moose next week will move on to Under Siege. X Division title rematch, Ace Austin and Josh Alexander, another good one. I could honestly, I could uh, I could watch this duo wrestle a lot of times, and I don't know that it would get old. A lot of really brutal hits. Um, there was at one point a, uh, a kind of a back slam that Alexander does to Ace Austin on the apron. Uh, that was 
a very sickening thud. Uh, really good match. Really fun. Josh Alexander retains with the ankle lock. And uh, Ace Austin, uh, out of rematches, uh, will have to move on and uh, get to the back of the line for the X Division. Now, this uh, this next part uh, is part of an ongoing theme in the show, Rich, where uh, Don Callis is desperately trying to get Kenny Omega to the impact zone because if he does not show up, of course, he is stripped of his title. So at this right. point, earlier in the show, he had, you know, t- he's, he's on the phone with, he's on the phone with Kenny Omega telling him, Hey, take the jet. You'll be here in 30 minutes. It's no, big- listen, I'm sorry. You know, it's not, it's not me. It's, it's in the contract. I know. I, I would yep. listen. If I, if Scott wasn't such a stickler about it, I wouldn't be telling you to do this. All right. Just, just get here. It's not a big deal. Just take the jet. Yeah. I'm sure. Take the jet. So then he realizes at this point in the show that he doesn't have anyone to go to the private airport to pick Kenny Omega up when he flies in on the private jet. So he winds up hiring Johnny Swinger and Hernandez to go pick him up. That's hilarious. And, you know, on commentary, Stryker and Dealer are like, who hires Johnny Swinger to go pick someone up from the airport? Like, what a terrible idea this is. And Dilo throughout things, like, keeps on, I just keep checking my text messages. Still no word on Kenny Omega showing up. And then, you know, they're doing time checks throughout the night. Like, how much time does Kenny have to get here to the impact zone? And I was like, he's only got 17 minutes left. So they just kind of keep on doing this uh, yeah. kind of throughout the thing. After that, we get a backstage segment where the rematch is set for the knockouts tag team title match. Fire and Flavor uh, try to try to basically bury Jordan Grayson and say, look, we beat your ass a bunch of times with every other tag team partner you had. And then you went and got Rachel Ellering, who probably could have beaten us by herself. That's how good Rachel Ellering is. You suck, Jordan Grace. Um, but the rematch is set. We'll see what happens. Uh, and then we have a rematch here that I won't talk about much uh, because there was just another match that happened. Matt Cardona versus Brian Myers. This time, Matt Cardona gets the win. Like I said, I don't know when this was taped uh, versus when, um, when Rebellion happened. Just because I know from like different wrestlers twitters like tapings were happening that sunday so i'm not sure i'm not certain what um what was taped before the pay-per-view what was taped after uh so who knows matt cardona could legitimately be hurt he was not really i mean he was kind of selling the knee a little bit in this match um but who knows if that's the precursor or the postcursor i don't know it doesn't really matter but matt cardona gets the win and we found out that was also a qualifying match for the six-man tag match, or not tag match, excuse me, God. Like I said, my brain doesn't work sometimes on Friday nights. The six-man number one contender match, a phrase that I'll be using a lot the next few weeks. Matt Cardona will compete at Under Siege to be the number one contender for the Impact World Championship. Um, after this, we get a, a nice vignette from Eric Young uh, for Violent by Design. And then, uh, this is kind of a big kind of cool announcement here rich possibly someone that will come and challenge josh alexander for the x division championship we get a video package announcing that el phantasmo of new japan pro wrestling and member of the bullet club is going to be on impact next week big fan of el phantasmo lots of flips uh and i mean moonsault back rake is all i gotta like, say moonsault back rake and a heel that doesn't get that doesn't care like a uh, he he's like he does some ironic stuff but um yeah he's he's great he's really fun um he is the the perfect chicken shit heel 
Um, and he'll be a really good foil, I think, for uh, Josh Alexander, who is a little bit more grapple heavy. Um, I'm I'm assuming that that's what he's there for. I can't imagine that ELP is going to show up and do anything, uh, but X division matches. Uh, and I don't and I don't say that in a bad way. I want him to do that because those are matches that ELP really ex, uh, excels in. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Um, the main event of this week's impact is Sammy Callahan versus Eddie Edwards. A tale as old as time. Um, it's uh, D'Lo Brown compared it to uh, the Batman fighting the Joker and how they, they basically they they both exist because the other one exists uh, was kind of what he was getting at. That's funny. It is. And, you know, we've seen Sammy Callahan and Eddie Edwards wrestle a fuck ton of matches against each other this year. So uh, we'll just kind of have to, you know, see if it goes. I hope it doesn't pick back up this feud. Uh, but Sammy Callahan gets the win by DQ uh, because as we are nearing the end of the show, Kenny Omega and Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows run out from the back and attack Sammy Callahan and Eddie Edwards. Sammy Callahan is hit first by Carl Anderson, therefore rendering the match a DQ victory for Sammy Callahan. And because Carl Anderson hit him first, Sammy Callahan is now in the six-man number one contenders match, a decision that is mind-boggling to many. Uh, mainly me probably because I think it's absolutely stupid. Um, but the good brothers and Kenny start wiping uh, out Sammy and Eddie. Finn Juice comes out of the back uh, for reasons I don't understand and uh, decide to get beat up by Kenny and the good brothers. Um, but it leads to that counting as Kenny Omega's impact appearance for his title in-ring celebration. <laughs> That's, and that's so one, he gets one way to do it. I would have done something else, but uh, um, sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's all weird. He shows up actually without the tam the championship belt. Uh, there's he hasn't have any belts on him when he comes out of the back. Uh, so I, they're really kind of selling that whole like he just jumped on a jet and got over there as fast as possible kind of look. Uh, he comes out in jeans and a t shirt and you know kind of you know something we haven't seen Kenny in in a while because he's been doing a lot of suits. Um, I don't know. You, you think. Uh, Putting Sammy in that match by way of DQ makes a lot of sense there, Rich. Um, something else I wouldn't have done, but I mean, they clearly didn't want to beat Eddie Edwards uh, here for whatever reason. Uh, I think it's more in service of, of the angle that they set up for the main event, which is Kenny and the Good Brothers and, you know, uh, Eddie Edwards and Finn Juice because they want to keep Edwards strong for that main event match. And then he'll probably, you know, catch a one-winged angel or something. Uh, not, in the match i i wonder rich if this isn't a long-term way to get to kenny omega and eddie edwards um, could be i think you know eddie edwards is a guy that obviously i mean uh james joked about it in our group chat that you know finds you someone that loves you as irrationally as eddie edwards loves impact wrestling um <laughs> and, and i think that's you know it's a funny joke but it's also eddie edwards has been there year after year he's he is like when he's become pretty synonymous, I think, with Impact Wrestling. You know, he's probably the guy that if you ask, you know, long-term wrestling fans, hey, can you name some people that are in Impact Wrestling? Eddie Edwards is probably a name that comes out pretty quickly. Uh, mm -hmm. Amongst, you know, of course, my best friend, Tommy Dreamer, who once sent me a message on uh, Twitter. Um, so, uh, but I don't, Tommy, I love you. If you're listening, I know you're not. But in case you are, don't wrestle Kenny Omega. You're, you're too old for this. 
And there won't be no, yes, sir, may I have another. It's just a one-winged angel and you're gone. Yeah. And, and it'll be a one-winged angel onto thumbtacks. And nobody need, nobody wants to see that. Please don't. Just, just don't, Tommy, please. All right. So, Rich, we have so far Sammy Callahan, Matt Cardona, Chris Bay in the six-man number one contender match. We have a knockouts tag team title match set. We have potentially a knockouts title match set with uh, Taylor Wilde and Deanna Perrazzo. And we have the Willie Mack W Morrissey match. And we'll probably get some other, you know, pretty good matches uh, set up there. And of course, what it's looking like the main event, which is going to be Kenny Omega and the good brothers, as you mentioned, versus Eddie Edwards and Finn juice. Under Siege is shaping up to be a pretty good impact plus special already. Who do you I, think will wind up challenging Kenny Omega based on the six-man uh, number one contender match? I'm still interested to see who's going to fill it out, but I think W. Morrissey, you got to put him in the in the six-way. I don't think he needs to win the six-way, but he can't be in the finish. Um, right. I think you they, – they did have Willie Mack in the six-man with him. Uh, the other week, Moose is still lingering around. I would probably say Moose, Moose and Kenny was a match that everyone wanted to see yeah. uh, when they did that six man. And you know, uh, Moose can fight Kenny, lose, and then they can you know go on to whatever. Right. Yeah, like I said, I, I really feel like this is going to turn in at, at some point based on the six man here, uh, the six man tag match, not the six man number one contender match. Uh, I really feel like at some point we are going to see Kenny Omega take on Eddie Edwards and not that Eddie's going to win the belt back for impact as cool of a story as that would be for Mr. Impact to, you know, bring it back. Um, I don't see Eddie at this point in his career needing that. Um, but I do think they're, they'll, they'll give him a, Hey, thanks for sticking around kind of booking. and get, <laughs> and get that Ken, Yeah. Get that Kenny Omega uh, rub. That's funny. So, but yeah, I mean, that's this week's uh, impact in a nutshell. That's, you know, Rebellion. That's Mortal Kombat. Uh, Rich, anything I'm forgetting, anything I leave out, uh, and go ahead and throw your plugs out as well. Sure. Um, you guys can uh, check me out on One Nation Radio on here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. If you want to follow me on Twitter, at RichLatta32. Uh, if you guys like, you know, music and all that, type me in any uh, streaming service or on YouTube. You'll see me pop up. Uh, subscribe to the channel. Absolutely. And uh, of course, always, you can follow us uh, at 8-Bit Suplex on Twitter. You follow me at Laughlin underscore Josh. You follow Sandy at Sailor Zelda. Uh, you can find our t-shirt as well as the One Nation Radio t-shirt on Pro Wrestling Tees slash Social Suplex. And the Olds um, on Top t-shirt. And the new Olds on Top uh, t-shirt uh, that Dan uh, jumped down my throat because I did not remember to talk about that one last week, uh, but definitely <laughs> check out the old on top t-shirt. Um, you know, all, uh, you know, all, uh, all the proceeds go right back into the show's uh, pockets. So definitely uh, thank you guys for your support that way. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Rich, uh, thanks for being on. Thanks sure thing. for, uh, of course, always uh, giving us the, uh, the theme song for our show uh, that we run every week. And, uh, you know, we'll have to uh, have you back on here again soon. Sure, man. Yeah, you have to come over on One Nation Radio one of these weeks where uh, it seems like we just keep getting, like, busy, busy weeks. Like, all these – Always busy. Like, uh, I, I've got 
I've got a list of people, uh, and you're definitely on it that I want to well, get back on the show. I appreciate that, and I will certainly anytime that you'll have me, I'll be happy to join. I had a blast last time I was there. Uh, I talked to Stardom on on a podcast uh, for the first time ever, and uh, it was the first time I had sat down uh, and watched a Stardom show start to finish. Uh, I I took notes ferociously on a notepad <laughs> to make sure that you know. Because you, when you're on with Dr. Joshi, you got to be ready to go. Uh, so, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, I wanted to be ready for James and, and prove to James that I could do it. Um, but, yeah, no, I definitely would love to be back on with you. Um, and, you know, someday soon, uh, maybe we'll get James on the 8-Bit Suplex. You never know. Might twist his arm. Hit him up. <laughs> so, uh, until next time, everybody, uh, once again, uh, I'm Josh McLaughlin. He's Rich Lada. Uh, and we'll see you guys next week thank you for listening to eight bucks suplex podcast see you next time